Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree, and today my special guest is my fellow CAM broadcaster here on CAM4, the incredible queen of BBW, Ms. Platinum Pussy. So get ready for this one, folks. We're diving in. Hello, hello. I am so thrilled to welcome my friend Platinum Pussy to this episode of Licked and Loaded. How are you, girl? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you, my beautiful friend, Laura Desiree. Oh, I have been excited about you for so long. We met doing the Cam4 Happy Hour show. And yes, I remember learning learning immediately that you do not back the fuck down to anything, whether it's competition, whether it's the chance <laughs> to hold the spotlight, whether it's voicing your opinion. You are a broadcaster that just lays it all out there. There's a real impact that you make when you're on screen oh thank you i never it's different when you're on the other end of things so you don't really know how people uh see you so thank you very much for that feedback and i'm glad um i'm definitely very competitive i do love to even if i don't win i like to put on a good show so yeah. i'm all in it for for the win and then here's how we sweeten all of this. Are you ready to take the love one notch higher? You and I were just in South Beach, Miami for XBiz, the CAM Awards, and we got to do this in person and throw our love into each other's arms. And my God, you are just as explosive in person. It's incredible. <laughs> the energy, the excitement that lives in you. You're a very special person. Well, I feel the same about you, actually. When I saw you, I was instantly just this <laughs> adrenaline rushed through me like, oh, my God, this person I've been like so close to online is now physically in person in front of my face. And we were just like inseparable <laughs> for a minute. And then eventually the party took over and we were separated. But I had an absolute blast. And you were definitely the top one of the top three things that made Xbiz so worth it. Hey, we, you know what? That was a great experience. And just being able to put uh, a, a real person to person hello to, to a number of wonderful individuals that we've known virtually, that was the benefit to it. But for our audience that is meeting you for the first time, learning your name, learning what you're all about, give us a description of all the things you do in the adult industry. Who is Platinum Pussy? Okay, well, we don't have enough time for that. So we're going to do, do a brief synopsis. So I am Carrie Anthony, also known as Platinum Pussy. Um, I use Carrie Anthony because obviously Platinum Pussy is a very uh, interesting name for many platforms. Um, I've been in the business for 18 years. <laughs> Imagine that. I'm 47 years old, so I'm definitely middle-aged. And I think for me, what makes me a unique performer is one, I am not afraid to go behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. Like I want to know everything about the industry and my craft so that I can be the best performer, the best director, the best producer, the best editor, the best everything. And I think that's partly why my cam shows when I do have those competitions on happy hour, or if I'm doing it a double with another cam model, I think that's why they're so exciting. It's because when you come with me, you know that I'm ready to perform. I'm ready to tease and entertain. So um, I got into the business as a phone sex operator. I literally was out of work for six weeks, no pay. And I was like, how am I going to pay my bills? 
But mind you, this is before social media, this mm-hmm. is before OnlyFans. This is when there were literally still Craigslist and like directories that were like, work from home. And mm-hmm. I answered one of those ads, you know, phone, uh, a phone job. And I was like, oh, I could do that while I'm down and out. And did I didn't know that it was phone sex, but found out I was really good at it. So. Okay. Phone sex. I, I, whenever I hear about a broadcaster coming from a background in phone sex, I always say, look, amen, because that sets you up so well to do well on cam. Because a lot of the times we go, oh, I I don't know. I don't know how to provide banter and commentary. I don't know what to say to fill the time because it really is like vamping for as long as you're on. You're just out there kind of spinning the entertainment yourself. So would you say that 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 gave you some of the edge and the the strength you have in camming today? Absolutely. What it did was made me desire to be in front of the camera because I didn't know initially that I was using someone else's pictures. It was literally just my voice and personality. And it also taught me to deep dig deep into my fantasies, dig deep into my, like learning more about the vocabulary of the industry, learning more about men, learning more about fantasies and, and also knowing more about myself, which is what made it even more interesting because I was very conservative before that. I was very, I didn't even know there was such thing as BBW porn. I never watched porn. I didn't, it didn't even exist in my mind. So, um, yeah, it was a very huge opening for me sexually in my own sexuality and just learning about the things that I like. I learned that I've been dominant my whole life and I never even knew that. Um, and I enjoy teasing and torturing submissives. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love sex taught me. That's what phones. I, I love that you said I, you learned all this about yourself and that you confirmed, yes, you're a dominant. But what were some of the first big observations that you made or discoveries you made about the sexuality of others? Is there a grand observation about how us humans experience uh, um, pleasure seeking? Is there something that blew your mind that you learned very early on in this venture into adult? Absolutely. I think what I learned is that kinks span the gamut. There's really Mm. no boundaries. And I had to learn my own boundaries because there were calls that came in that I was like, oh, this is not really a subject matter I'm comfortable talking about. So again, learning about myself and then learning that, you know, kink with other people, there's no need to kink shame. If it's not for you, it's not for you, but that doesn't mean that you, you know, have to shame someone else for what they're into. And, you know, for, for that, I learned how to be accepting and understanding and more attentive to other people's fantasies, kinks, fetishes, and needs by doing this phone sex. So Mm -hmm. it was a great experience for me and helped me be a better dominant. It helped me be a better cam performer and just a better adult entertainer all around. And and how, how common are kinky people? You know, it's funny because we think, oh, kinky people, they're only the small sector of folks that choose to march in bondage gear once a year at Pride. Those are the only kinky people in the world. Just no. how common How common are kinky people? We're all kinky. We're all kinky about something, whether it's you know, learning that your girlfriend likes to take the jelly out of a peanut butter and jelly and lick her finger like that can be considered kinky because to other people that's really gross they're like "Ooh, you you lick the the mayonnaise off your sandwich or you lick the jelly out of a sandwich or you know uh, people that are widely into heels feet stockings legs you know there's 
there's so many different things and everyone has something that they're into. You could be into tattoos, you could be into dimples, you could be into abs and, and big arms. And like all of those things are part of the fetish and kink community because having an admiration for just that specific body part or that specific thing makes it, you know, unique. So mm. we're all what are you unique. in? What are you into? Oh, so, um, <laughs> so even though I'm dominant, I do have a very, um, it's not even so much as a submissive side, but sometimes I like to just receive instead of give. And when you're a dominant, you pretty much are the person that thinks for that other person, you make up all the rules and it can be very exhausting. And sometimes you just want someone to be focused on your pleasure. And so yeah. lately I've been into like the choking and this like aggressive, like fucking that is just, yes. I love that. <laughs> that animalistic fucking carnal fuck. Yes. Carl, yeah. that that like I, I I am so attracted to you right now that I just want to yeah. eat you up and it's like yeah. yes. Well like like lions ripping apart a zebra on on the savannah. I'm like yeah. I, I feel like that sometimes I can relate to that sometimes. Like I just want to see the saliva like dripping down his mouth and just like <laughs> exactly. And I love I love that you know this. I think there's such value in people stating and voicing and speaking the specifics of what bring them pleasure and arousal. It it breaks down the discomfort and the the the, the unease around it. You know, I, I encourage people speak it out loud. It becomes easier to ask for it when you are in the realm of, you know, arousal or intimacy. It becomes easier and then you get better sex. Right. Absolutely. You, and I think it also comes of age. Something yeah. that you learn as you get older is you learn more about what you like and what you don't like, and you can express it in a way that isn't too dominating to where someone's turned off by it, or you can, you can express it in a way that is, you know, very communicative to your partner mm. and is able to be uh, received appropriately. Cause some people are just not into you know, fuck me. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. And, and, and you know what? Exactly. And we have to respect that because that's someone else's preference. And that's what right. that's why communication is what it is in the, the intimacies of the world. You need to be willing to listen and to speak uh, in this this negotiation we make anytime we interact with someone else. Oh, for sure. So tell me then how you how you stepped in front of the camera, because doing well at phone sex, I mean, that's got to be a thrill and feel good. But you did say that it led you to eventually camming and then attaching the visual of yourself to the voice and the mastery of the flirt factor. Well, once I became a phone sex operator and started digging into the whole fantasy thing and realizing that there was a place for bigger women inside of the adult industry, I knew early on when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to remember what my fake personality looked like. And that's actually how it transitioned. I got a call and the guy was like, Hey, you know, describe yourself. And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I'm like 250 pounds and you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, click. So I called the girl that I worked for and I was like, um, he said, we have a problem. Uh, I just described myself and my customer hung up and she's like, oh, we don't even use your pictures. And I'm like, well, why not? And she was like, well, if you want to, we can. And that was what started once I started wow. realizing people enjoyed not only in the thing for me that became even more powerful is that it wasn't even just the fans that were like, oh my gosh, I love you. You're so beautiful. It was other women that mm. were like, 
the fact that you're putting your pictures online, the fact that you are wearing sexy lingerie, the fact that you are expressing yourself is very motivating and inspirational for other people. So that became just as, as powerful for me and just as much of a spark to want to do more as the fans being super excited and receptive of my presence. So there you go. 18 and years so later. Yeah. I, I, so, wow. That's like the, the beginning of camming as well. When you go back 18 years, what was the first platform you were on? What was it like back then? Um, I started the phone sex and then um, you could do, I forget the name of the uh, the chat platform, but there was another chat form, chat platform before Skype and you could use night flirt. They could call you and do the, the video chat through one of those services. And then I started on I'm live. I did ifriends.net. I did, which is no longer around, but I started like back when there were like baby websites like there yeah. was maybe five websites that you could cam on and um yeah it was it was definitely very interesting to be a part of that pioneer the the trailblazing mm. of cams and then from there you know I just started signing up for more and more sites and eventually made it to cam forum was I've yeah. been with you guys for a really long time and we've worked on some projects together and I've seen you guys grow and you guys have seen me grow and here we are still together million years later and it's a love affair it's not ending okay it's it's only growing Never. and we obviously we want to keep it going and growing because this business seems to evolve and transform and expand every single fucking day it does it's amazing unreal yeah it's yeah amazing. it's unreal especially when you come from a time when like you know back in 2005 like it was the time of dvds it was time right. when producers hired the talent where now we're in a time where the the models and the performers and the talent are in control you can cam anytime you want you can use your fan clubs to interact with your fans where you know that was obviously not the case 10 15 years ago and that also is what inspired the bbw genre to blow up is that in about 2012 2013 about the time that social media became prevalent in our everyday lifestyles this opened up doors for people to be seen. And regardless if you were a person of size or a person, just any old person, you could get on social media and producers could find you, other talent could find you. And this opened up so many doors for curvy, confident, plus size women to, mm -hmm. you know, to, to control the, and dominate the industry, which is what's happened over the years is that more and more women are just becoming motivated and inspired by other women, um, that do adult, adult entertainment. And so that's just blown up. And I'm so Absolutely. excited about that. Uh, no kidding. It's undeniable how popular and just how celebrated this genre of BBW is in today's day and age. And I see there's just momentum for this to keep growing and growing. So for my listeners who are saying, wait, I'm not really familiar with the term. Can we get the definition of BBW? And Absolutely. What, what, who qualifies as a BBW? Where does that, I guess, boundary sit? Big and beautiful uh, woman. BBW is big, beautiful women. And it really, to me, there's no like minimum or, or like maximum to where BBW is. I feel like it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a glam thing. Like you can own it at any size because I'm all about size positivity, um, and acceptance of all people. But I mean, 
technically it's like 14, 16, um, more 16, 18 is like when you get into those size ranges and, um, usually 200 pounds or plus. Um, but like I said, for me, it can be, you know, a, a larger window as far as BBW is concerned. And, um, so yeah, that's pretty much how you qualify as a BBW. Yeah. And, and you started talking about around 2012, social media boom, visibility of all bodies on platforms and no one curating what is seen and not seen uh, in our visual appetite for following accounts, looking at pictures, Instagram, all of this. Would you say that was the, the main drive that brought this genre into its popularity? Was there anything else that kind of aided this? Well, I say that social media, because before social media, you had to have an agent, you had to have a way in, you had to know who was shooting BBWs or many companies weren't shooting BBWs. Like there was a very hand, small handful of companies that actually did BBW porn. So in order for you to get to those companies, you either had to know someone who knew them, or it was just a whole lot of red tape to get to mm -hmm. those opportunities where once social media happened, that that barrier was broken. And also I feel like the fans had the opportunity to, to state what they wanted because prior to social media, the companies dictated what was shot, yeah. what was popular. And it really was, it was only based off of, of course, you know, pirates of the Caribbean, it's going to make, you know, millions of yeah. dollars because they put millions of dollars into the marketing for it where, right. because BBW wasn't being marketed, nobody really knew about these scenes unless they right. had to dig and look and hope that that, you know, that they could find them on these main platforms. So when social media came out, if I shoot a scene, whether it's with you or by myself right. or for a big company, I have the opportunity to market it as well. And the fans of BBW can go buy that product. And then that raised this, you know, the, um, popularity of absolutely. You know, and BBW has always been one of the top searched, uh, genres on Pornhub X videos and a lot of other websites. So the numbers speak. And, and when you look at the BBW content that exists in adult, okay, adult in general, you have uh, self-made content that performers or, or uh, porn stars make and shoot on their own and distribute on their own, but you still have productions that are handled by companies. You know, you've got the Brazzers or the, the dog fart, the, the big companies. So when you right. look at those and their presentations of bbw do you feel that everything is being presented fairly respectfully the right way or is there anything that they're getting wrong in their presentation depictions of the kinds of sex and and women that make up bbw i do feel like there is a huge missing component within the more mainstream side of porn when they're shooting bbws and that's that they're one, I think that the food fetish and that the fact that we are plus size and capitalizing on the word fat, whale, things of that nature, I think, although there is a specific fetish for that and there are people that are into that, I think that that's a very common misconception amongst the plus size performers is that we're all, you know, eating bonbons every day and lazy and we're not, you know, glamorous and beautiful. And I feel, and we're also treated very submissively. Um, mm. and, and I don't like that. I feel like 
I want to see more plus size performers and more um, films where plus size women are treated as glamorously as anyone mm. else in the industry or anyone else that's on the face of this planet. I feel like we're all beautiful no matter what size we are. Mm. And I want to see that depicted in films, which is one of the reasons why I like adult time. Um, they have some very erotic and sensual uh Blush Erotica is another company that does, which they're actually with adult time now, but they do a lot of films that focus on the woman, the, the plus size body, and they just present it in a way that is just extremely um, mm. sensual and erotic and glamorous. And I love that. That's what I want to see yeah. more of. So these yeah. companies that oh, we shoot BBWs, but you know, I'm not trying to be in a scene where I'm looking out of a dog bowl and barking and oinking right. like a pig. We're, we're not doing right. that. Right. <laughs> and I, and I hope anyone that is on the production side is listening and hearing this because I think that that is necessary. I would love to see more of that as well. What would be the responsibility of anyone stepping into the BBW realm as a performer? Is there anything that you would you would recommend that they do, whether it's a kind of preparation for their career and what to expect or how to navigate some of the decision making along the way? What's the responsibility being a BBW content creator? Well, I think the responsibility of any content creator is learning the industry. Um, yeah. One of the things I definitely think you should learn is about getting tested. If you're going to be shooting any type of hardcore scenes. Um, also the legalities of release model release papers and proper identification and knowing, you know, the, the content that you do shoot, or even when you're doing cam shows, those things, you need to do the, the homework and the research to know that you're doing everything appropriately. Um, thirdly, whether it's even legal in your state, because nothing is worse than shooting some content or being on cam and finding out that you're not, you're not within your legal rights and everything mm -hmm. that you do can be become a crime. So starting with that fun stuff, cause you know, that's the funnest part of it. Aside from that is learning the, the history of the people that made this possible for you. I feel like ha paying homage to the trailblazers that sacrificed, you know, a lot to make more opportunities available for BBWs and having respect for those people because they laid down the groundwork and yeah. you know, took, took the risks that made it possible. And so I feel like that's important from there. It's just about being yourself, the best yeah. personality that you can present to your fans. And the thing that makes you the most amount of money is you. It's not having the biggest, butt. it's not having the biggest tits. It's not being the most, you know, prettiest. I mean, yes, those things can help, but those are so minimal in comparison to your personality is what's going to stand you out from the rest of the hundreds of other or thousands, millions of other people that are in the industry. So, so my true. advice is, is to nurture your personality to be as authentic as possible and, you know, keep your, your genres as, close knit as possible. If you're really into feet, that's probably a good genre or a good type of uh, content for you to sell because you're yeah. going to know how to present heels. If you have a heel fetish, you can sell it to those that are into the heel fetish. So you're also going to love what you do. Absolutely. 
And who doesn't like getting new shoes? <laughs> exactly. You're going to love what you do. I, I, what you were saying there is so important about uh, the most valuable uh, asset is to lead with this authenticity and to really know your personality and share that because, you know, you can buy the most beautiful sports car, but what makes it go is the fuel you put into it. And that fuel is I... going to be the way that we present ourselves. And yes, that authenticity so that it's easy. It's a nice, clean ride. You're not chug, chug, chugging along, trying to get through a broadcast. <laughs> right. Well, not only that, but I feel like if you think about it in terms of a car, if you don't do the proper maintenance on the car, the car is not going to run appropriately. So the maintenance being, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, nurturing your soul and knowing where where to draw the boundaries when it comes to other performers, when it comes to your mm. cam customers, when it comes to your fans, even just people that you deal with online. Like one of the things I think has made me very successful is that I just don't give a shit. Like I don't, yeah. you can say anything you want about me. I'm like, all right, cool. Block, delete and move on. Like, and a lot of people don't, don't, they take things very personally, right? especially when you, when you, we have, our body is our product. We are our brand. And so when someone attacks us personally, it's more than personal. We take it as a, a stab at our business. So in our brand, so you have to be very uh, thick skinned and not let those things affect you and what you're doing. So how do you develop that? It sounds like a shield of invincibility. You know what I mean? And, and in many ways it is. But how does someone develop that? Is that just something over time? Or is that something we can actively work on following Platinum Pussy's three steps? I would say the first thing is you have to not give a fuck. No mm -hmm. fucks given. That, that You have to start with just not giving a fuck. And that means your family. That means your friends. That means anybody that you can listen, but you don't have to hear them. You know what I mean? Like someone can tell you, Oh, I, I really don't like your hair short, Laura. And you could be like, okay, noted. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you're going to go and get a wig and have long hair because someone told you you have short hair. You love it. Right. And that's all that matters. And when you start developing, and for me, it, it came when my family started finding out about what I do. And I was like, listen, you're not going to pay my bills. You're not going to help me survive. And I enjoy what I do. And I know mm -hmm. that me being happy with what I do, and it's not something you agree with actually fueled me even more. And so that mm. started the steps into creating that. And not only that, I'm just super ambitious. I don't take no for an answer. So you have to be vigilant and ambitious in your efforts. This is not wow. just something you hop online, throw some pictures and videos and instantly you're rich and famous. It is hard work every day, but that hard work in your business also helps you with the hard work that you're doing internally and mm. wanting to be a better person, a better business person, and just more successful in the long run. So damn, every day, every day, damn. Effort, I look in the mirror and be like, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> I hey, you know what? If you've got a, a, an affirmation or a mantra that you can start your day with and remind yourself with, I say all the power to you because that is real shit. You got to tell yourself it, it and believe it. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. Oh, Platinum, you've been such a delight. I know that you've got so many things going on from your cam schedule to your content to your own podcast. Can we get a little uh, taste of all of the many ways that there, our audience can connect with you and find you online? For sure. Um, first things first, I have um, cam shows on cam four every Thursday from 
seven. No, I'm lying. Wednesdays, Wednesdays from six to eight. <laughs> I was trying to think of something else. Um, I have BoobTube on Exotica.tv Wednesdays from nine to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then I also have Carrie's Closet X, which is on alovemedia.com, um, Roku, Amazon, Fire Stick, and um, you can get it on the iOS and Android app. And that is Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But most importantly, if you want to catch me anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at platinum p-u-z-z-y and the number one anytime amazing. anytime amazing <laughs> thank you so much for this insight the wisdom and of yeah. course just the company the company alone is so much to make my heart soar i love chatting with you thank you i love you i love you and i hope everyone watching and listening uh why not like favorite or subscribe to this channel wherever you're listening to us on uh, i hope you have sincerely enjoyed yourself today i'm laura desiree this has been another cam4 podcast licked and loaded episode we'll see you back here real soon um, <laughs> <laughs>